Welcome to the Howie Silbiger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. Get in on the conversation. Call 1-877-669-1292. Hi, I'm Howie Silbiger, and this is the Howie Silbiger Show right here on the True Talk Radio Network. The lines are open. You can call in 1-877-669-1292 is the number to call. Get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. And uh, there's a lot of things that we want to talk about. A couple of, well, a couple of things for sure. I want to start off with a, with a, a note of disgust that I have right now to parents who are trying to force a teacher out of her job. There is a teacher in the English Montreal School Board in Montreal who posted a comment congratulating one of her friends who got into the IDF saying, go into Gaza and and do your thing. So she was a pro-Israel supporter. She's a Jewish woman, works at the English Montreal School Board. She's been working there since 1999. And she posted this on Facebook. Now, as a teacher... One has to understand that they uh, that they represent uh, themselves. They they are human beings, and they could represent themselves. They uh, they 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 live. They have lives outside of their jobs. Their jobs do not dictate who they are. And working for a public school, they have all sorts of different people who come to that school who are part of the of the class, who are parents from different political backgrounds, different uh, religious and cultural backgrounds. That is understood. And there will be times when a teacher will speak publicly and make a statement that the parents don't agree with. Now, is that grounds for firing a teacher? I, I'm not so sure. I, um, I remember, and I'll tell you a personal story uh, that, that, uh, that in regards to this. When I was uh, getting my teaching degree, I had to do a bunch of internships. And one of the internships I had to do, the first one actually, my first ever internship, was at a small public elementary school in a very Arabic area of town. And I accepted the placement. I had no choice. It was part of my program. I had to accept wherever they placed me. And I went to this small little, mostly Arabic school. And uh, I met with the teacher there, and, uh, and, and things seemed to have gone okay. And then I got a call from the university. And the university told me that this teacher had decided to check my Facebook and Googled my name and doesn't think that because of my political positions on the Arab-Israel conflict, I could possibly work in the school there. I thought, wow, isn't that strange? Why would my opinions on an event, on on, on an event, on a a situation 5,000, 6,000, 7,000 miles away from where I am affect where I work, affect my ability to teach children grammar or math or science? How does one affect the other? This was the question I asked when I was confronted by the university. The university wanted to... uh, to scold me for having an opinion that was contrary to the general, the general, the general opinion at the university. 
I wasn't a raving leftist, so the university didn't like the fact that I had my own opinion and I wasn't afraid to express it, that I had my own show, and I wasn't afraid to, to get on and talk about things that matter to me and talk about uh, my opinion on different things. And so the university told me that because uh, of my political opinions, they might have to remove me from the program. Where I promptly responded, okay, make my day. I will sue you. If you remove me from the program, I will file a lawsuit against the university. And, uh, and we'll see where the courts take this. Because I, I'm entitled to be a human being outside of my job. And so the university backed down and they sent me to this internship with this woman who didn't want me working there because she disagreed with my politics. I ended up failing the internship, and that, that was fine with me. It was the first time I ever failed. And uh, I understood that I didn't fail because of my lack of ability. I didn't fail because I was a bad teacher. I failed the internship because she was a bigot, because she did not accept the fact that there were people who had political opinions that were contrary to her political opinion. And this is why I failed that internship. So this woman working at the English Montreal School Board who is now facing a mob of parents that are going to be protesting the school tomorrow, all because she expressed an opinion. Now, she had expressed the opinion inside the classroom, which she hadn't, but had she expressed the opinion inside the classroom, had she said in the classroom, this is my political opinion on the Arab-Israel conflict, and uh, this is what I want to teach you about the Arab-Israel conflict, and if she had taught her opinion of the Arab-Israel conflict in the classroom, that would have been a totally different, different situation. But the fact is that she did not do that. She did not bring her ideas and her opinions and her politics into the classroom. Instead, she expressed them on Facebook, which is traditionally a forum to express your opinions and to talk about uh, what you feel and how you feel with your friends and family. So if the parents of her students didn't like the fact she was expressing an opinion. Too damn bad for them, is that's what I have to say. And if they want to go protest the school, uh, they, they have the right to do that. You have a democratic right to protest the school. I mean, they could stand in front of the school till the cows come home. If she gets suspended or, 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 or fired, then an immediate lawsuit should be filed. But then again, we live in Quebec, and Quebec, the Quebec government decided to be the thought police when they passed Bill 21. So I guess when the Quebec government could tell people that they can't work because they believe in something or they can't work because they wear something that shows that they believe in something, so I can't work in a public school because I wear a yarmulke, I wear a kippah, I can't work in a public school, God forbid I should walk into a public school as a teacher with a piece of cloth on my head. Same thing with a woman in the hijab. She can't work in a public school in Quebec because, God forbid, she should walk into a school with a hijab on her head, with a piece of cloth on her head, because that somehow corrupts the kids. But I, I don't understand how somebody could be penalized for expressing an opinion on a world situation that is contrary to the opinions of some of the other people who are, who are in her school or in her, her class. It doesn't make sense to me. As long as it's not incorporate into the classroom curriculum, I don't really see what the issue is. But these parents, as most people today, in today's generation, want to do, they want to cancel her. It's time to cancel you, because I don't agree with you. It's time to throw you out, get rid of your job, destroy your life, destroy your career, 
because you hold an opinion that is contrary to my opinion. And of course, in a generation that never lost a game, in a generation that doesn't know what it is to win or lose, because everybody got a participation trophy, in a generation of that, then this makes sense. Teacher made a statement on Facebook. I didn't like the statement. Let's get her off Facebook. Those of you who have uh, listened and watched this show before, no, I'm not a big fan of boycotts. Not a big fan of, uh, of, of throwing things out, of, of, of removing books from libraries or, or, or censoring anybody. If you want an opinion, you want to express your opinion, you can do so. And that's why I have open lines on the show, and you can feel free to call in at any time you want at one 669 1292 In fact, I'll try to get the numbers up on the screen. one 669 1292 is the number to call if you want to get in on the conversation here on the Howie Silberger Show. It's important that we discuss these issues. Now, now, do you feel that, that this teacher should be, should be fired for expressing her opinion on Facebook? She has a uh, friend. Her friend is, is, is in the Israeli army. She was saying, okay, go into Gaza, go safely, and be successful. I don't see what the problem of expressing that opinion is. Is it insensitive to her students? No. It would be insensitive if she got into class and said, in middle of class, said, hey, I hope you all die or hope all your family members in Gaza die. That would be insensitive, but that's not what she did. So that teacher should not be penalized. Let's, uh, let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? Hello? Why am I not hearing you? Are you there? All right, whoever was hung up. All right, call back. one 669 1292 That's 1-877-669-1292. Get in on the conversation. Here on the Howie Silverger Show on the True Talk Radio Network. We see this a lot. And it and, and bothers me every time I see it. That somebody gets canceled, somebody gets, somebody gets roasted for something they say. And, uh, and something they said 20 years ago, 30 years ago sometimes. They get roasted for that. I did a radio show on uh, on a Jewish radio station for 18 years. We did show live every single night of the week for 18 years. And there were many times where people would call me and say, Howie, you shouldn't be talking about that on the radio. And I and just laugh. There is no topic that should be off limits to talk about, ever. And whoever doesn't like it could just turn it off. Let's go to the phones. Hi, who's this? I got an eight-inch. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Thank you so much for calling. All right, we get those calls too. One eight seven seven six six nine one two nine two. All right. So if, if we're moving on, uh, the second thing that happened this week that really, really got my goat was a bunch of pro-Hamas sex cult genocidal murderers attacked. Uh, attacked is maybe too strong of a word. Uh, went into a synagogue holding a pro-Israel protest, uh, pro-Israel rally, in uh, in Florida, and disrupted the rally. Now, I have no problem with disrupting rallies. You could go in, you could disrupt. If people are talking, scream over them. That's fine with me. Protest is always good with me. I'm always happy when people protest. But at the same time, at the same time, they got violent, and they didn't get violent with a young crowd. The crowd that was at this pro-Israel protest, this pro-Israel rally, this pro-Israel event, were geriatrics. They were old age. They were old people. And the protesters were young people. 
So a group of young people went into a synagogue screaming free Palestine or whatever garbage that they scream at these, at these uh, pro-Hamas rallies. And then when they were told to quiet down and to get lost and to, to, to leave, they physically attacked the old people who didn't sit back and take it, who fought back until the police came. Uh, the video footage of it is, is amazing, and if you can find it, it was on YouTube. I don't know if it's still on YouTube. It was on YouTube. The video footage of it was amazing. So if you could find the video footage, take a look at it. I unfortunately can't show it to you because I have been restricted on showing video footage from, uh, from other events by YouTube, actually, who gave me two strikes already for, uh, for showing footage that I didn't technically own, although it's publicly available on YouTube. The... <laughs> I know it's ridiculous, it's, it's ludicrous, but this is what it is. It's the world we live in today, unfortunately. Unfortunately, we live in a world where people will call the show and, and, and make those nasty comments. It's the world we live in. The idea that you would walk into a synagogue and attack old people is absolutely insane. And this is where these, these pro-Hamas rallies go. Always to violence, always to calls for genocide, always to, um, always to call for the murder of Jews or the extermination of Israel. It's fascinating to me that mainstream media, it's fascinating to me that the, that the local media has decided that this is the side that they were going to side with. The side that gets violent. But then again, why would it be surprising? I know those of you listening are saying, why would it be surprising? If we take a look just a few summers ago, the Black Lives Matters protest, which, by the way, are the same people who are now protesting for Palestine. Don't be deceived that there's suddenly a big surge of people who care about Gaza. It's not true. The same people who are being paid to, to protest for George Floyd, the same people who are being paid to occupy Wall Street, are the exact same people who are now protesting for Palestine. So let's not be fooled by the fact that so many people are showing up that suddenly the world has, uh, has decided that Israel's the enemy and that, that uh, Gazans are the greatest people in the world. That's not the case. 90% of the people, or 95% of the people who are protesting are actually paid to be protesting. This was not my deduction. I didn't make this up. This was, uh, this was an article written in various newspapers, including the Washington Post. You can look it up. Uh, they, they were paid. And they're being paid to protest, which is why so many people are showing up, which is why the protests are getting violent, because the anarchists that are getting paid to protest are anarchists. The same way they were anarchists with Black Lives Matter, same day, the way they were anarchists with Occupy Wall Street, they were anarchists with the Free Gaza Movement. And anarchists are there not to fight for the, not to fight for the, um, for the cause, they don't care about the cause. The cause is irrelevant to them. They are there to wreak havoc. That is the reason they are there. We have to take a short break. I will be back in exactly 20 seconds. Welcome back to the Howie Silberger Show. I'm Howie Silberger, and you could call in. Number to call, one 669 1292 That's one 669 1292 to get in on the conversation here on the show. Uh, the anarchists... Have uh, have decided to take on this cause, 
And the reason they take on the cause and the reason they do it is because they want to wreak havoc around the world. And so once they take a cause under their belt and say, okay, this is the cause that we're going to fight for this time, then it gives them free reign to do whatever they want. So if they want to get violent and attack people, that's that's their that's their business. They get violent and attack people. If they want to destroy property, as they did with George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests, fine. Let's go and destroy America. Let's burn it down. Burn down America. If they want to uh, if they want to kill people, then sure, let's do that too. Like that happened in San Francisco, where a man was protesting. Well, a man was demonstrating for Israel. We don't protest for Israel. He was demonstrating in a pro-Israel rally, and he was banged in the head with a megaphone intentionally. By a, by a counter-protester, by someone supporting Hamas, he was banged in the head and killed at a rally in, in San Francisco. So, so the anarchists will do what they want to do and will continue to do what they do in order to, to, uh, to create havoc and to wreak havoc across the states and across the world, across North America in particular. And so the anarchists have decided to take on the cause of Gaza. And this is why we see so many people out for Gaza, people who have no clue what is, where Gaza is, even is on a map. Well, there are hundreds of videos out there of people asking protesters, hey, where is Gaza on this map? And they can't even show you. When you ask them where the river to the sea, what river to the sea you're talking about, they have no idea. When you ask them uh, any questions about the cause, about, about the, the history, about what's going on right now in Gaza, they can't answer those questions. When you ask them what's going to happen to the Israelis if you make Palestine between the river and the sea, they can't answer that question. So, so a bunch of ignorant ignoramuses are out there protesting in, in favor of Gaza because they're being paid to be there. And, and it's not real. And what's being depicted as mass support for the Gaza movement doesn't really exist. The mass support for Hamas doesn't really exist. Even people in Gaza are calling for the Israelis to get rid of Hamas. And so it is just, it's just infuriating. It's absolutely infuriating that a teacher at the English Montreal School Board could be, could be roasted the way this teacher is being roasted and that, and that old people in a synagogue in, in, in Florida could be attacked and that show after show, 60 Minutes, I don't know if you saw 60 Minutes on Sunday, <laughs> it, it almost made me laugh even though it wasn't funny. 60 Minutes did a segment on Sunday, a 20-minute segment, about life inside Gaza during this war that Israel has launched on the Gazan people. And they interviewed a bunch of uh, medics that worked in Gaza, telling how horrific it was, with, uh, with children coming in with these, these terrible injuries that they had never seen before. And then they went on to talk about starvation, how people in Gaza are starving and there's no fresh water. And the full blame was on Israel. And they went to the Israel border, and they showed the Israel border, which was attacked not long ago, so it was f riddled with gunfire and, 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 and bombing, and, and the border's destroyed. And the reporter's standing in the middle of the border and saying, this used to be the border where, you know, Arabs used to come in and out of Israel, but uh, they had the Arabs, Gazans, attacked this border not long ago and destroyed the border. Now, nobody's crossing through the border. Israel closed the border. The only border with Gaza that's open in Israel is the border that allows trucks to come through with aid. And hundreds and hundreds of trucks come through on a 24-hour basis. There are thousands of trucks coming through. Uh, but they've been slowed down, they said, slowed down to almost a crawl. And as they went on and on and on about how Israel is culpable and how Israel is destroying Gaza and how Israel is trying to kill the Gazan people and how this is a genocide, I couldn't help but think, I didn't say the word Egypt once. 
And I found that fascinating, ultimately, infinitely fascinating. Every, every pundit, every talk show host, every newscast that talks about Israel and Gaza and Israeli blockading Gaza, Israel occupying Gaza, and whatever else they want to say, never mentions, not even once, that there is a border between Gaza and Egypt. Whoa, whoa, what? A border between Gaza and Egypt? Yes, Gaza and Egypt share a border. And that border has been closed for years. No aid comes through that border. No people go through that border. That border is closed. So, wait a second. Are you telling me, Howie, that Egypt could take in the Gazan refugees that are fleeing for their lives, that Israel is pushing out of their homes as they try to eradicate Hamas, and that if Egypt opened their border, all these Gazans could go to Egypt and live safely in the Sinai until this war is over and then return to Gaza? Yes, that's what I'm telling you. That's exactly what could happen if Egypt opened their borders. But it's funny, nobody's talking about Egypt. Nobody's suggesting that Egypt opened their borders. Nobody's suggesting that Egypt opened their border even for aid to come through. Nobody's talking about the fact that this entire, this entire fight could be ended if, Gaza, if, if Hamas just puts down their weapons and releases the hostages. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the fact that Egypt could open their border and Gazans could flood into Egypt and they'd be safe from the Israeli bombs and the genocidal attack that Egypt, that Israel is allegedly committing against the Gazans. Funny, isn't it? Think about that for a second. Why is Egypt never mentioned? Why does nobody say that Egypt is part of the equation? Why shouldn't they be part of the equation? If Israel is part of the equation and Israel has a border of Egypt and Israel is responsible for allowing aid to go through and responsible when aid doesn't go through and is responsible for, for creating an open-air prison... That open-air prison could be ended immediately by Egypt, who would just have to open their borders and allow the prisoners out. Israel has no control over the Egyptian border. So if Egypt opens their border and allows the Gazans to go out, what could Israel do? Israel could do nothing. So this open-air prison, this open-air concentration camp, like Norman Finkelstein likes to call it, doesn't really exist. And if it is an open-air prison, as they want to claim it is, and if it is... A problematic that Israel's border is closed for people to go in through? That solution is Egypt. But Egypt's border is closed and will remain closed, and nobody is insisting that they open it. So next time somebody tells you that Israel is, is committing genocide, ask the simple question, what about Egypt? Why is nobody demanding that Egypt open their borders and allow refugees in, even temporarily? Because Egyptians are not Jews. And you can't blame and scapegoat the Jews when you're talking about Egypt. That's the real reason. If you want the real reason, that's the real reason. If Egypt was a Jewish state and Israel was an Arab state and the Arabs were fighting for each other, then Egypt would be held culpable. Open your border. You have a border, open it, allow the people in. It's a dire situation. People are dying. There's not enough medical supplies. Open your border. Let medical supplies in. If Israel's not going to do it, let Egypt do it. But Egypt's not a Jewish state. And Egypt keeping their border closed and nobody demanding that it be opened fits right into the narrative that Israel, that the Israelis are acting like Nazis.
And that's exactly what they want people to think. That's exactly what they want you to think. It's part of the propaganda war. And that's where we stand right now. In the middle of a propaganda war. Because this whole thing could be over. Three things could happen to end, to end the suffering of the Palestinian people immediately. Number one, Hamas could put down their arms, come out and surrender. And this war ends immediately. Number two, Hamas could release the hostages. And the war ends for a little while. But Israel will continue to try to eradicate Hamas. Number three, if people are really suffering in Egypt, in, in Israel, in Gaza, sorry. Three countries there, sorry. If people are really suffering in Gaza, Egypt could open their border and allow as many Gazans as they want outside of, out of the country and allow as much aid as they want to go into the country. These are the three things that can happen. The border with Egypt is bigger than the border of Israel. I don't understand why people aren't demanding that. As for the teacher in the English Montreal School Board who is now being, being held hostage because of her idea, because she expressed an opinion, because she, she posted something on Facebook, is now facing a, a, a huge, huge, huge protest. I hear it's going to be massive tomorrow in front of her school, demanding that she gets fired for posting a Facebook post. I wish her well. And I hope that the English Montreal School Board has enough brains not to fire someone over their opinions, not to fire someone over, over, over their political ideology, not to ban teachers from expressing opinions. Because the more we ban the exchange of ideas, the more we stop people from talking, the harder it is to live in a society. It's impossible to live in a society that doesn't speak. It's possible to live in a society that bans people from talking. That's called a dictatorship. And nobody wants to live in a dictatorship. I'm Howie Silberger. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back again uh, maybe tomorrow right here on the True Talk Radio Network. So nice to be here with you. And I hope to speak to you soon.